Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, my guest is Paige Long, not to be confused with Paige Dorian, our producer. This is Paige Long, a family friend and what we might call our every woman. Paige is here to share her weight loss story and tell us not only how she did it and what inspired her to make a change, but how she is navigating maintenance and learning new healthy habits so she can sustain her success. What is your understanding of what we're doing? Well, that you guys are offering me $500,000 for... Um, my understanding is that we're just going to have a conversation about my journey from fucking fat to fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Brandy said, um, you need to talk to Paige Long and I don't want to confuse anybody with, uh, this is not Paige Dorian. This is a, a, a different page. Who's also a very tight friend of ours. And she said, you have to talk to her. And why don't you record it and um, then maybe make it an episode? And I was like, okay, does she, is that, is that something she's interested in? I don't know. So I guess it's fine with you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's totally fine with me. I'll tell my lawyers to stand down. Okay, great. So what, uh, where are we at? What's happening? Okay. So <clears throat> as you know, your wife, Paige Dorian, Mary, right? So we kind of came together on this girls collective um, on weight loss. I personally have been going up 10 pounds, up 10 pounds, up 10 pounds, and was kind of pretty unconnected, disconnected, out of, like, just not, I just didn't really get how bad my weight had become. Right. Uh And so Brandy and Pito go through the first few months together on their journey with Mary. And immediately I see how great Brandy looks and feels immediately. I see how great Paige Dorian looks and feels and Paige Dorian was like, bro, this isn't for you. There's lots of chemicals. You're going to hate it. (laughs) Yes. Should we say that, um, Sometimes I snipe on this show about the people who shop at Erewhon. You might be one of those people. Well, I want to say for the record that I had a membership to Erewhon. A membership? I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, you can be a member of Erewhon? Yeah, you pay $300 for the year. And with every purchase you get, I think it's 10% off. And I would save my savings like it was truly my retirement fund. (laughs) And they would when I would go and shop there, be like, would you like to pay with your points? And so I did it for like pancake breakfast groceries or Thanksgiving groceries. 
And, you know, I would cash out like six, 700 bucks. Now with that said, with that said, um, 2020, a lot of changes came to light and I, you got good with chemicals. I got, I got, I got good with chemicals. I got right. I was like, you know what? Why not? (laughs) Fucking why not? So I also went to Erwan, went to buy some cut vegetables and specifically it was the mushrooms. And I think it was $17 for a container of mushrooms. And at that moment, they asked me if I wanted to renew my membership. And I was like, I don't want your membership. I don't want your mushrooms. And I essentially left. It was my last four or $500 purchase. I haven't been back. I now, I, I shop at Whole Foods. And I just want to say that for the record. I, yes. And, and, and I want to say that I don't, I don't hate Erwan. I just think it's like... Um a Beverly Hill it's become a Beverly Hills grocery store maybe it was always a west side grocery store but it just there's something a bit nauseating about it and I don't think like quote-unquote healthy food has to be astronomically expensive no it doesn't I have to tell you like I'm buying like what I've learned uh essentially is the, what you taught me in the very beginning was paying attention to the macros versus the micros. And then I was like, Oh, what's that? And then when I went on to ideal protein, the main crux of that was, yeah, you're eating essentially three rice crispy squares a day, but also with four to six ounces of protein and crap loads of greens. So I started moving over to cooking every meal Um, I get groceries delivered every few days, fresh greens, fresh broccoli, like all fresh. Yeah. It's it's um, not, it's not a chemical diet. You guys weren't just sucking down chemicals. It's, it's, it's a, it's a diet that is mostly clean whole foods. And then you get these little chemical treats. Yeah. You get the chemical treats. Um, it feels like food you would eat on the, the space station. Like it's a little, you know, like you, you avoid the powdered omelets because I'm just going to make an egg. Like there's a bunch of stuff that you, there's a lot of choices you can make, which are truly laboratory. <laughs> and then there's just the idea of eating their diet brownie or rice krispie treat. Okay. But yeah, so, so, so for I the, joined it. for the purposes of, people listening it really is just um a pretty severe caloric deficit that you're put in yeah and it's not a keto it's essentially um it's a weird i don't it's it's a scientific approach to balancing protein carbs sugars to balancing it all out so your body um you're not supposed to exercise for the first few bits and then you are taking in carbs i doubled protein immediately and yeah that's what it is that was something i think i was um yelling at brandy about um increasing her protein and going like look you're still gonna be in a in a deficit if you if you if you double your protein like from what they're saying you could just have twice as much chicken breast or egg whites or whatever and 
you're still going to lose weight. It's um, so I think that might have come from me. It did for sure. It came from you, and then also Dr. Bo. Like I think it's important to communicate that I was also rehabbing from double hip replacement. And so they were not interested in me having any type of protein deficiencies and wanted me to eat whole good proteins, eggs, turkey breast, so my body could rebuild the tissues around my hips. Right. And then so I immediately like I would whenever I'm hungry, uh, hard boiled eggs, turkey breast scrambled eggs, vegetables, whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't care about what ideal protein said. I just dumped more protein in for sure. Trying to eat my weight and protein, which is, I think the rule you gave. I said it was a good suggestion. Well, for me, I was like, Ethan said it. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. In grams, not ounces. Okay. So that, so you guys did this diet and what happened? In grams. Yeah. What do you mean? I've been eating ounces. You have not been eating hundreds of ounces of protein every day. I've been eating 160 ounces of protein a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of protein. That's what my, oh my God. That's, I, well, listen, it still works, so plug that into the matrix. But I've been eating ounces, not grams. I will have... That's not possible, Paige. I will 100% send you my fitness pal tracker, which I also got from you. But I have Paige, been... One... Paige, Paige, I... Paige, Paige, Paige. You're talking about like 10 pounds of protein a day. There's no way. I eat two to two and a half pounds. There's no way you're eating five times the protein as me. I promise you it's in grams. Well, I didn't realize this was a fucking math test, but I will go review my notes and get back to you. I guarantee you it's in grams. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. Great. Thanks. 150 ounces of protein. (laughs) I get it. It's 10 pounds of just about 10 pounds okay good so you so and and it was it was very successful yes 100 percent. i sent you a picture of my loss when i started my journey i think i was at 34 percent or 36 percent body fat and now um it's funny because what you kind of oriented me to or not orientated oriented me to was um the, the, the true healthy number is the fat percentage. And so that's basically, I haven't been monitoring so much by how much I weigh, but what is my BMI number? And I think it went down to 23.8%, which I'm very proud of. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, I'm very proud of that. I feel healthy. I went and had my blood work done and all of the issues that I had been having previously which weren't a lot they were subtle but everything is back in ideal range okay so how much weight did you lose total 68 pounds it's incredible that's incredible that's massive weight loss um so yeah, it was so have you seen and we don't have to name any names but have you seen anybody else because my concern for this and what i talked to brandy mostly about when she said she was going to start this was that it is um, a, a larger 
caloric deficit than I, I than I perceive to be sustainable over a long period of time, which then also sets you up for potential weight regain. And so having done this with a group, have you seen somebody lose a bunch of weight and then put it back on quickly? Yes. So let's talk about that for a minute. What, what were the mechanics there? I think it was kind of not, not like what I think that just people get overwhelmed with stress and work and you go back. Um, I can say for me personally, one of the, the things that I've been holding on to is just making better choices at every meal, every minute. So, and so I have, well, I mean, your wife, did pour me a glass of white wine last night. And that was my first glass of wine in nine months. And I was like, huh, but I registered it in my carbon take and like I balanced it out. And so for me, what I've seen in others is that it's stress, it's work. You get thrown out of um, a daily schedule, daily planning. I think planning is key for like the component, the basic component underneath all of this is planning everything and not, and knowing where your next meal is and not being like, Oh my God, what am I going to eat? Um, and I can say that I've personally removed all emotional eating, like ice cream at night, chips with sour cream, like eating for no reason. Like I'm just trying to eat if I'm hungry. Yeah. My, Um, my, the, the kind of the issue I take when it is, when the, when the caloric deficit is so severe is that I think over a long period of time, and well, the, listen, this is this was my experience with Whoa. with extreme <sighs> caloric deficits over yeah. a long period of time. Those things, stress, um, life, schedule disruptions. That will become insurmountable if the if the caloric deficit is so severe that if it's if it's any less severe, it's almost, or if you've been doing it for a long, long time, this is why I talk about maintenance so much. Um, it, it, it's just, listen, if you're, if you're eating 10% less than you should, than, than you need to, to maintain your weight versus 50% less that 10%, the amount of time you can sustain that without building up too much stress or physical fatigue or fatigue on your nervous system or fatigue on your hormones, you can do it a lot longer. And then little things that come up won't be insurmountable. But, you know, and, and listen, you have done fantastic. Brandy's done fantastic. Uh, Paige has done fantastic. You've all done fantastic, but I have seen with this exact type of diet where it's like somebody lost 60, 70, 80 pounds, and then they blinked and put 50 back on. Well, yeah, I've seen, I've definitely seen that. I can speak to my particular experience in this moment. I promise you, I didn't know I needed to lose almost 70 pounds, Ethan. Like, I swear to God, I was like working out with, I'm not going to say who the trainer I was working out with, but I was, you know, all I needed to do was work out 30 days in a row and just, you know, keto or at some point, one of my friends, I'm fucking putting butter in my coffee. Like, I just... 
all of a sudden I'm on bulletproof eating 3000 calories of fat and just thinking that I need to do 30 or an hour of cardio every day. And that just was not the correct evaluation for what condition this, this body was in. And so when I first went into Debbie, the ideal protein person, and I got on the scale, I was like, what? And then when I got the program on how many calories it was, I was like, what? But, but also in reference to how much I was eating, like how many calories I was eating. I bet I was between three and 4,000 calories a day to maintain that insane number. And so the first three weeks, the deficit was psychotic. I was so exhausted. I couldn't move. And I think it was you, it was like, you're not like, it's not keto, right? It's a caloric deficit and be careful because of the, yo the yo-yo aspect. And I have been on it since September 15th, starting January. I had lost 50 pounds and I started increasing my calorie, like adding three or 400 calories a day. So I've been consistently at around 1600 since January. And since I started maintenance, and I don't know if you remember, you wrote me a paragraph of like meals to consider four to five times a day. And I was so blown away that that was only 1600 calories because it was so much food. Yeah. So I've been following that. Yeah. And I, I, I listen, I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not knocking your experience at all. I think I, I, I just want to, you know, we've, we've, we've presented now, um, an actual diet people can go and do. And my, and I, I just want to qualify it by saying like the person I lived with who did this diet, I was giving her a hard time every day about, um, how little she was eating and basically yeah. going like, I, I, I think that you would be better suited if you doubled or tripled the amount of time you want this to take and just yeah. ate more and allowed it to take a little bit longer. But because I've, you know, I've experienced that, um, you work your ass off and crush yourself for a couple of months and then, and then you're like, ah, oh, I made it. And then the weight just appears back on. And it's like really disheartening. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, so I think it's, it's also a bit of a mental um, re... Just like making the, the better decisions, um, paying attention to ingredients. I'm... I think that um, I'm trying to be on maintenance for as long as I was on the diet, right? So, well, it, really, here's the thing, though. Here's the real thing to think about. Or, for, or forever. <laughs> the maintenance, <laughs> maintenance is really how to eat so that you're just fueling your body with enough energy to allow it to n neither gain or lose weight. So, really, if we if we don't want to lose weight and we don't want to gain weight. Really, maintenance is maintenance is is the other definition of diet. It's the ideal way of consuming food. Yeah, Brandy told me that about the amazing dinner at Carbone, right? And she was like, "I knew I was going to have this amazing meal. I ate lightly during the day, enjoyed a glass of red wine, and you know, uh, like she just enjoyed the meal." 
And then on the other side of that gained no weight. And I was like, I actually think she's made it to the other side of she knows she's going to have a dinner, so she'll eat less. And it's again, the concept of better choices, which I think truly means maintenance. I'm, I'm trying to stay, I'm going now between 159, 164, 162, 159. Like I'm now just in that zone, just under 1800 calories now with that food program, just trying to stay there. And, and I'm going to try and stay there for as long as I can. If I put 10 pounds back on, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be great. Right. And I think that, um, after having, ha- having experienced massive weight loss, it's, it's probably a good idea to track pretty closely for a while, um, weight as a metric of like, this is working, you know, and, and yeah, and I think those fluctuations for me, even today, um, I'm out here doing a movie and, uh, I'm, it isn't easy, but I'm adhering to my program a hundred percent and I have my shirt off in parts of this movie. So I'm actually like really being extraordinarily strict. My cow, I'm in a deficit. I'm working out. Uh, I'm, I've talked to the guy who does room service, the chef of the hotel to say like, here are the exact, um, you have to weigh my rice for me. You know, if you're going to be responsible for making this food, you can't put any oil in anything. Um, so I'm sticking to it. And then I have night shoots and I wake up one day and get on the scale in the hotel gym and I've gained two kilos, which is like close to five pounds. And even that at this point is kind of like, fuck, but I can work through that and go like, this is not, this is not a, an increasing statistic. These, these are natural fluctuations that can be thrown off from stuff like staying up all night, multiple days in a row and possibly having more salt. Now, if I continue to, if that number doesn't come down again, if it continues to go up, then I got to totally reevaluate what I'm doing. But I think that if you're, if you're just having finished something that you worked really hard for, or you're in the middle of figuring out maintenance or at the beginning of figuring out maintenance and getting your sea legs with this, I think that, you know, getting on the scale as a metric is a good idea. Yeah, I've decided to weigh my, it was funny because in the beginning I was just trying to, getting on the scale every day, right? And that was making, like, the only thing I could think about for the better part of the morning was where did those ounces come from or where did the ounces go, right? And I was like, okay, no. I have been fluctuating pretty securely between that five pound number, right? And I'm just going to do every Friday and then reevaluate every Friday. How am I doing? And quite honestly, what I learned, Ethan, is I'm probably going to have to do that for the rest of my life. Right. And I mean, listen, for me, the hope is not to have to do that for the rest of my life. But I know that when I'm 
when I have to track, um, you know, when, when there's anything questionable in my routine, I got to do that just because I'm like, you know, if I was at home and I, I was preparing all my own food and having the structure that, that I've had a lot of success with, I don't get on the scale that often. I really don't because no, because I've spent years going like, if I eat this food, if I exercise this amount as my base and I don't, and I don't go off of this plan, this is it. I don't have to really track this anymore. Um, but you know, stick me in another country in a hotel and (laughs) it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's in the kitchen making this food anymore, you know, and I'm not watching him and, and I have gotten my vegetables and put it in my mouth and gone, those motherfuckers put Montejillo on my vegetables. And like, am I really going to, you know, send it back and wait for room service to come and pick it up and bring me steamed vegetables? Um, Am I going to eat it? Am I just not going to eat? You know what I mean? So there's all of that going on. Uh, And so now I find like, yeah, I got to be a little bit more diligent in my tracking. And so I would just say, I don't know that you have to. Listen, I think the, the feeling when it's new of confronting or having the idea like this is the new normal this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life I don't think there's anything wrong with that unless it's a unless it's a really daunting idea you know because well, I, you know go ahead well I think I am a woman right who I have to say it was a pretty severe reality check on the number on that on that 228 number I I was like your scale is fucking broken like what are you talking about and then she took my before pictures and she wanted to show me the pictures and I'm like no 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 no, I don't want to see my pictures right and so I can say that because like that that lack of understanding on on what condition I was really in right like how much I was not realizing what the truth was of this situation. Um, I'm in a little bit of fear, I guess, or like, but like I can't, I'm not like, I'm committed until September 15th, which was the day I started for maintenance. So that's what I'm calling it. Right. And if I'm still rocking the 160 number and I've maintained that through like the better decisions, better choices, maybe mentally I will sit back a second. But right now I in Burbank ordered two scrambled eggs, no butter, no oil and some turkey sausage from Patty's. And I mean, the only thing missing on what they gave me was like whipped cream with chocolate sauce. Like it was just bad. There was oil everywhere. It was, and and so I was like, I can't rely on anybody other than my Instacart shopper and what I'm cooking in my house. I like, like that is just going to be my rule now. Yeah, it, it, I do think, um, there are so many variables when you eat at a restaurant that I wouldn't say that people should never do that. But I certainly think that if you have a very specific goal that you're working towards, 
that it can be undone by absentmindedly consuming stuff that you don't know exactly what's in it. Yeah. We, when we went to Arizona, right. I, I was just like, I'm just going to eat smartly. I skipped the dessert, skipped the potatoes, skipped salad dressing and ate and ate just responsibly and still gained five pounds from the increase in calories. And I wasn't even eating more. It was just simply, it was just the ingredients of what room service in the hotel or whatever was putting in the food. And so that to me was a pretty, like, that was a big learning lesson. However, I'm fine traveling. I'll do it again. Those pounds came right off. Yeah, so, but that, that could also be, that, that could also be just uh, water, you know, a short period of time. But, uh, here's what you got to understand. Five times, whatever five times 3,500 is, in order to actually gain five pounds of fat in, the, in a few days, you have to consume, what is it, um, seven, 14, almost 17,000 calories, 17,500 yeah, 17, excess calories. That's a lot of food. So I doubt that you actually put on five pounds of fat. You, Wait, 3,500 calories is a pound? It requires consuming 3,500 excess calories. So that's calories that you're not burning. So let's say like Christmas Day comes. I have, I, I, I have had 10 pounds of weight gain from eating whatever I felt like eating on Christmas Day. There's no way that that's 10 pounds of fat. It's, it's mostly water retention. Does That's interesting. I didn't know that number. Yeah. So when, 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 I, when I'm talking about like um, eating at restaurants, I'm saying if you're habitually, if part of your routine is eating at restaurants multiple times a week, then that, that shit over time will add up. Um, but eating at a restaurant once you're unlikely to you know and you wake up the next day and you're like oh my god there's five pounds of weight gain it's not it's not really weight gain it's not you haven't developed five pounds of fat overnight that's really not how it works would you would you happen to know the like what is a like what is it because i don't like my eating habits like what what is a normal amount of calories for a normal human who eats three smart meals a day? I don't I don't know and I don't think it matters because this is like any of these metrics when we say uh, when we when we use averages none of them are going to be exactly use and and you shouldn't aim for what's right for a normal human or the average human. You should aim for what's right for you, what fits your your desired body size, you know, um, you're 160 now. So w whatever amount of energy your lifestyle requires to maintain your weight is the number you should aim for. And if you increase your, your energy output, if you like take up tennis or something like this or start hiking, um, then maybe you need to increase your calories a little bit for to maintain your weight. But I don't I don't think like, you know, everything when we look at uh, serving, uh, you know, how on the back of packages it'll have um, 
the the breakdown and it'll say like percentage of daily allowance on it that's percentage i believe is based on a 2000 calorie a day allowance for what would be considered the average person Mm -hmm. that is nowhere near what I need to maintain my weight. My, Mm -hmm. my maintenance is like 3,500 calories, almost double that. Yeah. I can, I, it, it's, um, the, the hip surgeries. Right. And so I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with my age and then I also it was quite it was kind of nice loading up my fitness pal and I paid for the pro yearly membership because I like on a Saturday with the amount of gardening that I'm doing, you know, you know what I got going on here, right? So I'm spending probably twelve hundred calories just every Saturday morning working two, three hours in the garden, right? And then all the other actions that I'm doing, I'm burning as an ex, like maybe anywhere between 900 to 1500 calories a day at a minimum, just in my activity level. And, and then when I get to the end of my day on fitness pal, it says you have 1233 calories remaining. I Listen, <laughs> I got to say, I don't trust those. You, it, it doesn't seem right, right? It's I don't trust that shit at all. When, when, I look at, when I look at any of these things, like um, when I look at my phone for like step counting and, and, and then it'll just say how, much, um, how, how many calories I've used in the day and how much of it was active and how much of it was passive and all of that. I, it, none of that, that's like, that's like going off, I believe the standards and the standards I think are, are, are probably accurate as a standard, but I wouldn't trust that as an individual because if we have a goal, then we probably don't, if we have a goal for weight loss, then we probably don't fit into what the standard is anyways. Although that's not necessarily true because I believe the standard in America at least is progressively becoming heavier and heavier. So heavier. Yeah. But, but so uh, those kind of things, I, I don't think those are tracking accurately. You know, I get on the elliptical machine for a half an hour and it says I've burned 400 calories. I'm not going to add 400 calories to my food that day because of that. Um, if I'm doing maintenance, if I'm, if my idea of what I'm doing is maintenance and I'm losing weight, yeah, maybe I need to increase my calories a bit because I shouldn't be losing weight on maintenance over time. You know, a day or a fluctuation within a week is completely fine. But if you're doing maintenance and you're losing weight, you're not doing maintenance. You're, you're still in a deficit. Hmm. Does that make sense? That's- yeah, it does make sense. I think instinctively, um, I started forgetting the remaining calories to consume, and I just started paying attention to just pay- the calories that I'm taking in and just trying to stick with the basic fact of energy in, energy out, right? Yeah, and I think when determining this, it's a good idea 
to track just so you can look back if if stuff starts to go awry with other metrics like on the scale or using a tape measure or whatever it is however you're basing this if stuff starts to go awry it's good to have tracked it with something because you can go back and go okay where did i deviate where am i going wrong where do i need to reduce where do i need to increase um but if I, listen, my fitness pal, I've put, I used to put numbers in there and go like, I have a thousand calories remaining and I'm not losing weight. And that's just not right. You can't trust that. I think to determine what your energy requirements are for maintenance, you can take these kind of, um, somewhat broad numbers and, try them out and go, is this working? Am I maintaining my weight? And if you're gaining weight, then you're eating too much and you need to reduce a little bit. And if you're losing weight, then you're eating too little and you need to increase a little bit. But I think that over time, over a few weeks, not a few days, is really the way to determine what maintenance is. Not based on my fitness pal says I have a thousand calories left um, and I normally would be done eating. I better eat these thousand calories. Yeah, no, I'm trying not to do that. I have, um, I will, I wanted to ask you because I feel scared by this as an ingredient, these two ingredients, corn and sugar, right? And I'm back. I used to think that I had a gluten wheat allergy, right? (laughs) And that's just it's proven itself not to be true i i i see dr s every six months and for the longest time i years and years and years while putting butter in my coffee i'm like i'm allergic to wheat and so i'm eating all of this corn all and and i think the consistent weight gain the inflammation and now i'm like oh i don't have actually a problem. I'm eating whole grain wheat seeded breads, um, and I, and my body's doing fine with it. The two ingredients that I'm a little bit concerned about: I'm staying away from corn, haven't touched it, and I'm staying away from sugars and also the sugar alcohols. So let me um, let me ask you a question: hmm. when, when you eat corn, how do you feel? Well, I was eating corn my whole life because of my weed allergy, and I went, I went from like... How were you diagnosed with a weed allergy? Did you come up with this weed allergy? Of course I did, because I was like, yeah, that's me too. I need, you know, like, uh, of course, I just diagnosed myself. Nobody ever told me I never tested positive. I'm not allergic to anything. Right. However, the food, one of the basics in my diet was rice and corn constantly. And and those decisions that I've been making for myself got me to that 228 number, which was, I, I mean, I'm still, I still, when you see that before and after photo, I still can't imagine that I was the before person thinking that it was okay to blend chunks of cocoa butter and, and ghee into a coffee in a blender in the morning and and that was just how i started my day do you you know what i mean there's uh, there's a lot of weird decisions going yeah, on but, so i don't i don't understand why are you afraid of corn and sugar let me just say um sugar 
like refined sugar is a is a fairly dense source of energy that hits your body pretty quick so you know there's no fiber in it um unlike fruit which the digestion and absorption of that sugar is at least slower don't go anywhere we'll be right back so like as far as sugar goes like you can you can consume a lot of energy um that your body is if you're sitting down or not actively doing something maybe not going to use in the most um efficient way uh very quickly with sugar i i don't have a, i'm not scared of anything um other than the idea that i'm going to eat something that's going to take up a big block of my energy for the my energy input and it's not going to leave me feeling satiated for very long does that make sense yeah it does i can add a third thing i'm i'm scared to death of orange juice like juices fruits like i haven't experienced a glass of orange juice in nine or ten months um i used to love snacking on carrots and 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 i feel like those foods are like there's just those foods are behind me corn slat corn tortillas right with some beautiful carne asada whatever like i i i feel i feel like i'm i'm just now eating consuming between 80 to 100 carbs a day of food in my food every day that's the number that i have been maintaining um and my body seems to do well on maybe it does well on more I don't know that yet, but right now I'm at around 90. And when I look at the decisions I made, especially like the last 10 years and how I got to that number, corn, fruits, juices, and sugars were pre like three pretty top ingredients in my dailies, my daily, um, like what I was just like what I was taking in. And, and so I've said goodbye to those. Yeah, I, 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 I think I personally think juice is a total waste of time. I, I, th- I think that, though, because um, I tr- just try to think about how my body is using everything. And, and pretty much the only instance that I could ever imagine myself drinking juice would be like in the gym while I'm working out. Um, or right before I work out, I would not. I would not. I would not drink juice at breakfast if I'm not like about to stand up and go on a hike or something like that immediately following breakfast or start working out. Um, but but oh, that's interesting because your body would burn that sugar off as fuel first. It's it's a it's a carbohydrate. It's a that will hit your blood very quickly. Um, interesting okay but there's it's nothing to be scared of like it's potentially um necessary like i i even like carnivorous endurance athletes consume straight up sugar and gels and stuff like that and and sugary drinks when they're doing you know these big long efforted um exercise blocks so I just try to think of my food like when I'm eating protein, 
I have a basic understanding of what it's doing. And when I'm eating rice and bread and potatoes, I have a basic understanding of what it's doing. And then when I have to force down the vegetables, which I'm really not a huge fan of, um, that's like, I'm going like, well, I'm, I'm getting fiber and vitamins now. And I don't have to listen to Brandy. Who's like a drug pusher with vitamins. If I <laughs> eat my vegetables, you know, there's all these things, but I don't think anything's scary. It's just like how it fits your thing. And then I think of food in different categories too. There's like what I'm using to fuel my body. And then there's like this sub mind that I have that likes food because it's just some kind of base debaucherous pleasure and mm. and there are certainly foods that fit into that that'll allow myself to have three times a year like when you made short ribs yeah but i don't even think i didn't eat those short ribs but i don't even think of short ribs necessarily as as all that bad it's a fairly fatty cut of meat and if i'm gonna eat short ribs, I'll probably just reduce my carbs that day, you know, and then, and then it will, it will wash out. It will be fine. Ultimately, I'll, I'll, you... I'll reserve some energy with carbs and increase the fats. That's very rare. Do you watch naked and afraid? No. Okay. Whenever they rent, whenever they come upon a beehive, they get really excited and they, they steal all the honey and then, I don't know. Do they get stung? <laughs> yeah, they definitely get stung. It's a situation right now, Naked and Afraid XL, this, they found a honeycomb and the guy got stung a thousand times, whatever, but the honey sustained them energy-wise. Like they hadn't eaten in three days, but they had honey. And they were able to like build rafts out of bamboo and avoid alligators and, you know, go down the river eight miles and, I, and all on like a little thing of honeycomb. I'm like, good on you, bro. It's a lot of energy and it's compact and your liver is really good at storing carbohydrates. So like you, you can, once you max out your system, if, especially if you're in a, a situation where you're like in, in famine, you max out the amount that your uh, your your body can store. Then it's going to store it as fat, and your liver is going to store it. And you're like, you have a real good savings account by consuming a shitload of honey at once. The problem with the way we live is we behave as though we're starving, and we've got this cornucopia of anything we want at any time, and yet our bodies are 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 treating it as though we're starving all the time, if that makes sense. We're, we, you know, I, I, you know uh, I think if we go through history, famine has repeatedly wiped out large blocks of people. Our bodies want to f store energy, you know? Mm. They just want mm -hmm. to. And so if we walk into a place where it's like, holy shit, I am surrounded by energy that's very cheap. I don't even have to get stung by a bee. Your body's gonna, you know, it's very, it's, it's, it seems by just the rate of obesity that a lot of people are inclined to go like, yeah, I'm gonna store that energy. Um, that makes perfect sense that in Naked and Afraid they would get stung a thousand times to eat some honeycomb. <laughs> I would too if I was out there. You know, it's a decent trade-off. 
I, to me, like I miss, I would do English breakfast tea every morning and a couple tablespoons of honey and it would just set myself up and somehow I've now wiped that out of my universe as not going to happen. Well, I think, listen, just think of, think of what you said, a couple tablespoons of honey and then think of how you're going to use that. Are you going to use that? Or if you do that every day, your body's just going to store it. You know what I mean? If it's now, if you skipped a meal to have your couple tablespoons of honey, maybe at the end of the week or the month, it's a wash, but you're giving up a fair amount of your energy needs by having a couple tablespoons of honey. Even, okay, so let me ask you something. However, do you, like, it seems like possibly it's a safe decision to make if it's a Saturday morning and I know that after I have my tea with honey, I'm going to be outside. I don't even think you have to think about it that much. I just think you have to know how much energy is in the honey that you're consuming. And Mm -hmm. then you get rid of that energy somewhere else. Like of your daily allotment, there's no reason you can't have honey. There really isn't. If honey is something you enjoy and you don't feel like shit after you eat it, I I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be eating it. But, well, but you do I, have to account for it, you know? You have to. I, I, I can say the last 10 months what I've learned, right? I'm a little bit older than you, a little bit older than Brandy, and my whole life I've been told women, hormones, impossible to lose weight at 45. And so I've kind of, I'm trying to strip away all of these false impressions that I've been given over my life. Right. I've, but I've also like seen that picture of myself. (laughs) I immediately like the, went to the polar, the polarity, like looking at myself, I go to the absolute opposite of what that person was doing in that body. Right. And I'm trying to redefine what a healthy, what a, what a truthfully, like based on fact and nutrition statistic, what actually, what does my body do? Like not what does Loren's body or anybody else's body, like what does my body do? And I've become like that, like you can hear my questions. I'm, I'm literally afraid of carrots. I'm and, and so yeah I'm just trying to bring myself back to the middle I I don't think you should be afraid of anything I think that you should recognize that y- you maybe cultivated some habits that led you to a place that you ultimately were not happy with right oh, and so interesting. Yeah. you you've worked very hard to undo that now maybe there are some behavioral things that you have to work on or figure out. Maybe not. Um, but like knowing, having an idea of what your body's energy requirements are and then making decisions on how that's allotted. If it's allotted that a couple tablespoons of honey in your tea in the morning doesn't leave you so hungry when you when you consider the rest of the amount of food in the in the day to get you through the day then there's nothing wrong with honey i don't know why the hell you would be 
scared of carrots. I know they're a little bit starchier, certainly than like spinach or something like that, but they, they have their place. They're a vegetable. They're full of good micronutrients and they're nowhere near as starchy as a potato or calorically it's dense. It's probably how I identified myself, my weed allergy. <laughs> and, and so I think I'm just trying to strip away things that are true and not true, right? Like keto lifestyle. Uh, I, I just, there's all kinds of things that I'm trying, I'm just trying to ascertain what works for this body. And I think what you say is really true. I had a lot of pretty bad habits and I'm trying to get into that natural, like I feel, and even though it requires, I think you'll understand this, even though I'm it's requiring thought and it's not second nature for me, what I can see is I'm slowly moving over to second, like it's just second nature. My decisions are not requiring this mental battle of what I'm deciding to eat. It's just becoming what do I feel better eating, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm mired in bullshit. Like the things that I think are true that have proven out to be not true that have blown my mind. Um, it's, it's interesting. All the things that I've been told that just aren't true. <laughs> yeah. Look, keto is perfectly fine if, if it's successful for you. But if you go into keto with the idea that you can, because you're eating keto, consume more energy than your body requires every day and lose weight or lose fat, that's just not true. And so it's, it's not going to be successful for people who are treating it in that way. But if you're a person who goes like, I'm going to try keto, and, and then you go like, I really enjoy eating this way. And I'm not compulsively overeating and, um, and, and I'm, I'm being successful and it's a good lifestyle for me. Then there's really nothing wrong with it. I don't, I'm not criticizing it for me. The decisions I was making, I don't think I was educated on what it really is. And so it was like, they, all these fatty, fat, fat, fatty, fats. And yeah. I, I, I was very educated in what it, what it is. And, and even still, um, wound up having to go like, okay, I'm doing keto and now I'm doing low calorie keto and I'm miserable and it's really hard and I didn't like it ultimately. Um, that was just me though. I'm not suggesting that that's some broad truth that has to apply to everyone, but I, I don't see any reason why you know, in this day and age where we're not foraging for food and it's not, there's no real potential looming famine, um, that we shouldn't understand like the amount that our body requires. If, if we've ever had an issue with, um, wait, what? Wait. Right. An issue. I thought yeah, you were saying, issue. wait, like, stop talking. I have something to say. No, but yes. No, if we, you could talk forever. Yes, yeah. if we've ever had an issue with weight, with with weighing more than we want to weigh. Um, 
you know, for me, it's just an increase of responsibility in that general area where I go like, I, I had no idea the amounts of food. And then you can play with it. You can play with it in any direction you want. You can go, what happens if I substitute a meal and eat a Sunday? How do I feel? What does that look like? Um, what happens if I trade out this snack for carrot sticks? You know, what is the energy? What is the amount of energy held within a bag of carrot sticks? Uh, what is that worth? Well, I've been eating an apple every day. I'm going to try carrot sticks now. You know, I, I don't or, I, you know, honey, get rid of your piece of toast and have some honey or get rid of your sausages and have some honey. And that, too, might be a fair trade off. And if it is and you're happy, there's no reason not to do that. Um, it definitely takes a little bit of experimentation and, yeah. and, and I don't see why you can't be successful and I don't think you should really be afraid of anything. Now, if you're eating something and you're feeling like shit and you're, and you're having trouble because of it, but you're like, but I really like how it tastes. Then I go like, maybe that's a behavioral thing you need to look at and, and be more responsible for because, I don't know if you're going to achieve long-term success behaving that way. Hmm. You know, I have, um, I had a nutritionist recently, like I, I went and saw this person and they told me that I could probably plan on never, I'm not eating more than 30 to 40 carbohydrates a day at my age at 52 or whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I was, I, then I take in that data, right? I take in that fact, but now paying attention to what's going in, how I'm preparing my food, the slices of bread or the meals that I'm making and preparing. I just like how I threw away the four to six ounces of protein a day, right? I'm easily at 12. I was on, I've been easily at 12 to 14 a day for the past four or five months. And right, so 12 I, to 14, not 140, okay? Let's just come back to that for a second. I can't, I can't even believe I said that, but it's fine. And so also I'm looking at the carb intake, and I'm anywhere between 80 to 100 grams of carbohydrates a day, and my body is doing fine. Yeah. And, and so I it just goes back to when I – was like when I was talking to you about, can you please just like send me over a meal program? Because I think what I did with ideal protein, the reduced calories, the deficit, everything truly was needed. Once I saw how much weight I needed to lose, once I grooved into it, <clears throat> that program was so rigid that it was easy for me to follow because there were no questions or decisions you just did that and now that it is not in my pro it's not in my life it's now just good choices right I'm just like trying to feed the machine with valuable truthful information for myself and and I think that is the over time that's why I gave myself till September 15th to give me these next several months of like figuring out, well, what makes it go up? What makes it go down? What makes it stay the same? 
Yeah, and by the way, if 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 you're on some plan where you've given yourself a block of time to f- really figure out and dial in maintenance, there's no reason I can think of why you shouldn't be experimenting with carrot sticks. I mean, I'm talking we're talking about carrot sticks, which I'm like, yuck, who the fuck wants to eat carrot sticks? They're they're that seems so boring to me. Um but like if you like carrot sticks, Try out carrot sticks as a snack. If you miss for one second your tea with honey, <laughs> try it out and see how it goes. With but like, don't just add that on top of everything and go like, well, even said I can have tea with honey, so I'm just not going to count it and add tea and honey. That's not the way to do it. I, I, you know, if I was ever going to be a dietitian, the thing I would suggest people do right off the bat before even dieting is do maintenance and, and see what it's like because oh, yeah. that's the entire game. So we have maintenance immediately following the diet. If you, if you get maintenance down before you diet, the diet's much easier. And then when you come out of the diet, maintenance is much easier, you know. And maintenance would be, if you did that, maintenance after the diet would be less. But if you have experience with maintenance, even if you have dieted a bunch and so now your new set point is lower, it's going to be a smoother transition. I, I think maintenance is the whole game. For me, having lost and gained weights a bunch of times, like... I don't give a shit about the diet. I'll do any diet. I'll do out ideal protein. I'll do um, Atkins. I'll do a liquid diet. None of that matters. I feel safe if I know that I have figured out maintenance. If I know that like the minute this diet is over, I know what my long-term plan is. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, I can say... Maintenance wasn't even a blip for me. <laughs> it, it it was such a short-sighted, unforeseen uh, avalanche coming my way, I guess, because for me, maintenance is, has been so much harder. And, you know, like joking with Brandy or Peto or Mary or like when I would send a picture, I think I made... Oh, I had the ginger dressing from Dave's Korean, which, you know, they don't include any nutrition labels and anything. And I'm sure that stuff is filled with just crack and you get it at the farmer's market and you, you just like can take a bath in it. But I sent a picture of this salad and it was like, oh, my God, does it taste good? You're so lucky. Right. And and so honestly, that's not what I felt. I literally felt that I was eating 68 pounds. Like the second I finished my salad, I was going to get on the scale and all my weight had come back. And I and I know that's nuts. And so maintenance. Is proving. I, I, I never even suspected it until I was like halfway through IP where I was like oh, Jesus, like, I really have some behavior to correct here because I had some bad, bad habits. Yeah, and I think yeah. what, look, anybody who's had to undergo massive weight loss in the way it was medically described to me was 50 or more pounds, so you've now had massive weight loss. Um, 
I don't think that I think a diet is a short term thing that doesn't address any of the problems or any of the the stuff that got us to the point we were at. It really doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't set us up for life. And and I think so. Yeah, ma- maintenance is is really hard for sure. At first, it's really hard to figure out, and definitely when suddenly you're you're looking at long term life, and it's like, you know, somebody who's like, "Well, keto is my maintenance. I just don't eat carbs." It's like, okay, um, that seems pretty easy. But if you're gaining weight doing that, um, you might have to start to think about like, how much energy does your body require? How much are you consuming? Where are you going to trim some of that? And then, like, what do you like to eat? What makes you feel good? What uh, allows you to perform in your daily routine at the at the at the most optimal? Um, and so, like, that's what maintenance is about, you know. And and really taking time to go, like, I put numbers into a computer. I got this number. I'm now going to break apart everything I'm eating and figure out how much their values are and where they fit into this overall number and then do that for a while and and track it and go, I'm either gaining or losing weight. I need to increase or decrease this number. And then once you've really figured out what the number is, experiment with the types of food you like. You know, if you like honey, try honey. If you like yeah, carrots, try the carrots. Listen, in my defense, carrots are cr- – I like dipping – I like crunchy things. I like carrots dipped in hummus, and maybe that's not okay. I feel – I don't see why it wouldn't be okay. I would just say, like, if you look up the, the information on how much energy is in carrots, that's not with hummus. So hummus is a secondary thing that you got to figure out how much energy is in, you know, uh, ranch dressing is not added when you look up the caloric information on carrots. These are separate things. So, yes, if you I, I think carrots are a total waste of time um, unless I'm taking them as though they're my vitamins to get brandy off my case. Um, but you've got to know what they're value is and then if you're adding something to them you got to know what that value is too a cup of tea has probably zero calories if it has any it's like two or three uh once you add honey once you add multiple tablespoons of honey you're you're bumping that up that's a lot of energy i i i would like to get on the other side of this right with like Number one, stability in this weight, right? But also, I I think more importantly is, like, the mental stability of it. Like, not truly believing I'm going to be murdered if I eat a taco, right? Like, it's not going to be the end of the world. And I think that is me putting this sustained, like, sustaining this weight for a short period of time, this, this six months, right. Of this maintenance, like being able to sustain putting in a carrot here and there, a cup of honey here and there. Like, I think I'll start learning my own borders, like my own guardrails. I don't know what the word is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, sure. But you know, listen, the intention I have when I'm thinking about maintenance 
I'm not thinking about a, sh- a period of time. I'm thinking about that I'm training for life. This is yeah. how I'm going to eat forever. And I can eat whatever I want. I just have to be aware of how it fits into my day and how my how I'm using it and how I feel afterwards. And if I'm knowingly consuming more than I'm using, then I know the long-term effects of that if I do it consistently. So that is certainly not what I want, you know? But I do think that there is a way to unlearn bad habits, to learn new good habits, and to start building a life around this idea of maintenance so that we aren't counting fucking calories forever. Like, who wants to do that? By the way, I don't count calories at all anymore. I have a baseline for protein that I want to consume every day. It tends to be lean. Anything ancillary to that, fats and carbohydrates, I got a a fairly good idea of how much I'm allowed to have depending on if I'm cutting or on maintenance. Um, And it's pretty fucking easy to track your carbohydrates. And I just keep them in my head right now. You know what I mean? Like... I'm at I'm at like 200 grams of carbs every day and I'm cutting so I'm losing weight while eating 200 grams of carbs. It's really not hard for me to track that. And and I'm eating bread and rice and pasta and it's the other sneaky shit that you add to it that can that can get make stuff get out of hand like there's nothing wrong with carrots. There's nothing wrong with carrots and hummus. But if you think that you're just eating carrots and you cover them in hummus, the outcome isn't necessarily going to be the one you want. Um, let me ask you, the maintenance and the lean protein that you just mentioned, right? Are you consuming red meat? Like, is it like a super lean red meat? Or are you just like on turkey and chicken breast, turkey breasts? Like, what are you doing for your lean proteins? I eat, I eat meat. I eat bison. I eat um, steak. If I, if I, I, I don't necessarily eat a lot of ground beef just because I think that's like over inundated with fat. But if I get, if I go to the store and get ground beef, I get an extremely low, uh, an extremely lean grind of beef where I think I can get it as much as like 96 lean to 4% fat. And I wouldn't really go much higher. Maybe I would do 93 to seven, but I would never go, um, above 90, 90, 10. And I try not to even eat 90, 10 too much, but if I'm going to get a steak, I get a lean cut of steak. You know, I'm not eating ribeyes very often. Occasionally Uh I do, but I'm not eating short ribs. Short ribs have a lot of fat in them. Um, but like a center cut filet, that's a pretty lean cut of meat. Well, I have um, – I, I think the, the biggest thing that I'm trying to get through, which is one of the things that I was talking to Brandy about, is just making it to the other side and not believing that I'm going to fail, right? But just believing that I'm going to make it to the other side. And I – it's funny because I don't have – the the wins stockpiled to trust myself which is just a weird thing to admit to and and I'm I'm trying so hard to remove the crazy out of like the thinking about food and so that's why I'm planning like crazy using fitness pal like crazy 
the calorie counters, all of that, probably going to have a cup of tea with honey Saturday morning and, and we'll see how it goes. It's funny. I think it's going to be fine. Right. (laughs) So it's just a question of getting stable, like just seeing my wins and having them stabilize and then just trusting myself. Right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having gone through something difficult and being uh, trepidatious about undoing your progress. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's perfectly natural. Um, yeah. So, yeah, fine. Be Feel that way. Uh, but, like, I hope that you can have faith that even with what you're doing in the short time that you've been doing it since you kind of went on to maintenance – that you're going like, okay, I'm definitely eating more and I'm not gaining weight. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, now track that over time and maybe boom, you've got exactly what your maintenance is. If you start to lose weight consistently, you're not eating enough. If you start to gain weight consistently, you're eating too much. Make adjustments. I've been f- afraid of food. I, I actually think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to feel, but I don't want to be afraid of foods. I just want to know what use I'm getting out of the foods I'm eating. You know, I don't want to eat um, compulsively. I don't want to eat emotionally. I don't want to consume. I don't want to do that because that's led me to a very, uh, what I considered a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. But you can, I think that you should have faith that you can, with work, undo that and have a new, different operating principle. I, I think that's the truest thing ever is the new operating principle. Like what, it's just like an applied science, right? Like it's just like my body is different from Brandy's body, from Pito's body. Like it's different. And I am a little bit of the phoenix coming out of the ashes. I totally get it. But there's also a pretty significant amount of just like rhetoric going on in my mind that is just like these ancillary comments that don't have any meaning. And I'm just trying to, what I'm doing is I'm throwing them away, like not being able to lose weight after 45, my age, my hormones, the, the hips, the recovery, the rehab, the all the bullshit that I've received, the, I, I can tell you quite honestly, and I hope this doesn't sound weird, the only person that I felt ever gave me valuable information, Ethan, something that I've been able to digest and apply is you. When you sent me that paragraph of food and I called you and I'm like, this is like 10 million calories. And you're like, no, it's 1,500. <laughs> and, it, and like that blew my mind. And, and you said the protein five meals. And I'm like, oh, now you're just being fucking crazy. Like, I'm like, that's insane. But it's literally what I've been doing. And, and so I'm, you know, I'm a sane person, smart person. We, I'm not an idiot. And I can look and I go, oh, my God, it's, it's energy in, energy out. And, and I'm seeing what works for this body. 80 to 100 carbs seems to be working. 10 pounds of protein a day seems to be working for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I just want to say, like, 
like, quite honestly, I know that you get hit up for advice a lot. I don't know if people fucking listen to you or they don't listen to you, or I'm sure people listen to you. But for me, like how you impacted me was, oh, it's true for me. It's true for me. And uh, we're just going to see how it goes. There are no blanket rules. Everybody's different. And you said I'm, I'm definitely, and I just want to thank you for that. Yeah, honestly. It was my pleasure. And like, if, if, if throughout the day you don't miss, you know, trading a cup of rice for a few tablespoons of honey, there's really no reason to be afraid of honey. I don't think. I think at the end, you know, uh, I've, I've done it before where I, you know, left some carbs off of meals and had a bowl of ice cream right before I went to bed and I woke up feeling terrible. And so that I don't do that anymore. You know, but I've also had Gatorade while I'm working out um, and felt fucking great. Felt like Superman. Um, you get more done in your workout, too, because you have energy, right? It felt like rocket fuel. Uh, yeah. So, like, what? what's wrong with that? There was no downside. What's wrong with that? Now, I don't do that all the time. Uh, I, this was a particularly sluggish day. Um and I had a Gatorade and I felt great. And, and there was, and so I've done that. Uh, and I haven't, it hasn't, it hasn't adversely affected me. Um, but like, I don't think you have to be, I don't think you, you have to necessarily go like, uh, I'm never going to have this again, or I'm never going to have this again. And I, I do think that the, the mistake we can make sometimes, and certainly the mistake I've made in the past is like, you know, while I'm trucking along, I'm just going to add, add my, my tea with honey on top of everything. And what harm could that do? And then over a long period of time that can do something that can yeah. have a big effect. Um, but you know, you're, you're into maintenance now and you're figuring it out. And I think it is the time to figure stuff like this out. And so experimentation is great. And don't be afraid. And especially, you know, the thing, the thing though, I want to, I want to talk about is like, um, and we talked about it, but, but I want to just reiterate this five pounds over the course of two or three days, uh, has been enough for me, um, to completely take me off of it and go, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. Um, if I'm going to gain five or 10 pounds in two days. And it's really not how it works. You don't, you don't develop five or 10 pounds of fat in two days. You'd have to be eating so much. And I don't even think your body can produce that much fat in that short period of time. So like a meal where you weigh a bunch more the next day is most likely mostly water weight. And so you got to cut yourself a break on that too and l really look for uh, long-term statistics. And not even when I say long-term, I'm not talking about years, but weeks. You know, mm -hmm. if you gain 10 pounds this week, yeah, <laughs> maybe you want to look at what you're <laughs> look at what you're eating. And then if the following week you gain five more, maybe you're still not eating the right stuff, you know? And then I say all this to a woman and I know women have a bunch of stuff physiologically that I don't have. And I don't totally understand, you know, um, 
uh, with menstrual stuff, like I think those hormones can cause uh, water retention. And so that's a whole other fucking thing that that you, you got to take into consideration. Like I would always remember uh, Brandy would go like, I'm starting this diet and then hit her period. And it would be like, no, I weighed in today and I was this much more. So fuck this diet. I'm not doing it anymore. And I go like, but aren't you isn't it that time of the month? And she's like, yeah. And so there's a lot of factors there that you have to like take into consideration that are just a part of life that you're going to have to deal with. Well, I can tell you, and, and this may sound crazy, but I never bought a scale, never had a scale. Just was like just how I felt and how my clothes fit, right? But also in partnership to that amazing perspective was the buying more clothes because my old clothes didn't fit, buying larger sizes, but not literally connecting it with becoming fatter um, because I was healthy, right? And that's just like, it's crazy. When I came home with a scale and stood on it privately in my own little bathroom and saw that number, saw that fat percentage of how much fat was on my body, like that, that was such a severe reality adjustment, Ethan. I don't need, I can't even begin to tell you that I was completely disassociated from who that person was. And, and so I can't believe that I spent this long, these past, I want to say 10 years probably of just ignoring facts <laughs> and going on feelings, yeah. which speaks to periods, water, like all of it. However, I was healthy. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I only eat good fats. I don't eat processed foods. Blah, blah, blah. When PETA was like, you're going to hate ideal protein. There's it's all of those shit ingredients, but I can tell you, Oh my God. Like I've never, like it got me. It was such a great partner. That was such a great, it was exactly what I needed. I needed my best friends to go through this journey with me. I would text them the most obnoxious things in the universe and they always pulled me through. And so it was a combination of a partnership along with, facts yeah it's amazing friendship, friendship and facts friendship and facts i'm so happy for you Paige. thank you so much for this conversation ethan i love you thank you for talking to me love you too dude talk to you soon don't go anywhere we'll be right back and now for the q a here is a question from Jason. Let me ask you a question, Paige. Should you start saying in now for the Q&A? It's up to you. You want to try it? Yeah. Okay, great. You ready? Yeah. And by the way. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. What were you going to say? By don't, the way, what? Don't fuck it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try. And now for the Q&A. You know what? I think we're going to save you saying and now for the Q&A for when you have a real microphone not like okay. a dongle coming out of your phone right I'm doing wireless headsets right now <laughs> okay I'm gonna keep this position until you have the proper microphone which uh, American Glutton is supposed to buy you 
Um, that just I ordered means a you... Zoom recorder and a mic, and I this weekend I'm going to learn how to set it up and make sure the mic is good. Oh my god, are you saying you have you have this at your house right now? I got a Zoom at my house, but I, I bought the recorder and the mic that came with it. But I'm at my office, and I didn't bring it. Interesting. Okay, good. Yeah. And yeah. now for the Q and A. Here's a question for you, Ethan, from someone named Jason. Hi, Jason. Jason says, what is the best way to get back on track? I recently started working again after a five-month stint on COVID-related unemployment. And while being unemployed, I finally started taking my health seriously. I am over 400 pounds and 36 years old. And one day, I just decided I had nothing better to do, so I started eating right and going to the gym. I lost about 40 pounds, but then finally, after five months, found a job. What I found is that while I was unemployed, fitness and getting healthier was like my job. But now that I'm working, I haven't been to the gym in three weeks, and I get fast food on the way home every day because I don't have time to cook anymore. Yes, totally understand. Okay, so here's my advice, Jason. And again, um, this is just how I would think about that situation, and I found myself in similar situations before. And so for me... Um, back on track like when I think in terms of like getting back on track I'm thinking getting back to doing exactly what I was doing previously but I would just then try to figure out why what I was doing previously why I'm not doing that anymore and so maybe getting back on track is figuring out a whole new structure um, that fits with your work and so which I think is probably what you're asking. Um, it, it is It is certainly a lot easier when you have all the time in the world to dedicate to figuring out what you're going to eat, finding that food, making sure you have it, exercising, and all like that. And so I would just try to structure your day in a certain way or or figure out some structure that can... That's not in competition with your life. Um, you know, that's not going to derail you from going to work or doing anything else. I think that's the that's the thing that I've found useful when I do things that kind of remove me from living my life. They're not sustainable. And so um, within this structure that you're looking for. Uh, it's it's got to be in harmony with the rest of your life. So if that means, you know, taking a different route when you drive home to avoid fast food, that might be part of it. Or uh, making sure you bring your food to 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 work and have something to eat on your ride home, so you're not going to stop for fast food. Like those are all the little tricks that I have done. Um, and also figuring out some movement for your body, like taking a walk at lunch or, you know, I don't know what you do for a living, but, you know, making sure you get a certain amount of activity in the day, uh, I think is a good idea. That's my, that's my advice. Love it. Oh, yes. I say something else. Um, if you have a, that's right, right. That's a fine. Do we yeah. have to say anything else to Jason? Uh, no, I think you you said some great stuff. Okay, if you have a question you would like to ask me, I don't remember, Paige. It's been a long time. How? What do I say? 
If you have a question that you would like answered on this podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Well, there. You can do that part. Okay. (laughs) You said it. Great. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>